of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989. We had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations to all my fellow Sky Watchers from each corner of every part of this wonderful globe we're all inhabiting in. Welcome to another episode of Sky Watchers Radio, broadcasting live from New Logic Studios. I'm Angel Espino, and with me, as always, making noise over there is my hetero radio life mate, Alan Weiler. Alan, <laughs> say hello to the crowd. Well, I was the only reason I was making those noises is because I was trying to interrupt you to point out that globes don't have corners. All right, we we already went through this before. You know this, right? You remember? Uh huh. Oh yeah, exactly. I remember. So why do you keep repeating yourself? You know, that's the first step of insanity, my friend. First step. That's. <laughs> that's that right. laugh right there that's the second step of insanity that's right folks he is a crazy man that's why we call him the other guy now you know who's not crazy and who is not just another guy who Tim Swartz and he's going to join us in about 20 minutes we're going to go over some uh, conspiracy journal news with Mr. Tim Schwartz as one of our favorite on this show, Tim Schwartz always brings really good stuff for the audience. And uh, oh, joining us, joining us on the second hour, which is the full main event of the show, we have the one, the only Mr. Nick Redfern on the show, a man who has written more books than me and Alan have read. True story. Uh, yeah, actually, he's actually a very, very published person. Actually, now that I think about it, yeah, he's got, mm, yeah. Absolutely. Now that I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, now that you pointed out, I've got to agree. He is more than well published, to say the least. To say the least. Not, and that's just not ebooks, folks. I'm talking print no, 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 books. no, print books. Now, do you know what topics of... he's going to be throwing at us? Uh, right. Look, I'm taking a wild guess here. Just follow along. Just, just a wild, guess. wild guess. Okay. Probably is going to have something to do with aliens. You know, I think you might be right. That's right. We'll, we'll get to it. Don't worry. Uh, and actually, I think he probably has a new book, right? Like always, you know, has a lot of books. Well, that's the only reason people go on this show here. They want to talk about their new book. Of course. Why, why else would you be on the show besides listening to my voice and your voice? Well, my voice is more entertaining than yours. Only in your because small I'm that, mind. That's right. I'm a legend in my small mind. Indeed. The other guy. Now, you, you did uh, show me something. Uh, was it yesterday? Which uh, made me say, you know what, one day we might elevate your status on this show from just merely being the other guy to somebody who actually brought some something good to talk about for once. You know, I want to stay the other guy because that way you get all the hate mail, not me. 
So far, none been good on that part. No hate mail. Thank you, guys. But this is actually also on artbell.com. You guys could uh, follow along what we're going to talk about here. It's a crab-like alien face hugger in a cave that was uh, spotted not in Arizona. No, no, no. This is spotted (laughs) in Mars. On Mars, somewhere in and around the area of the Red Planet, there's a cave, and there looks like this crab-like creature crawling on the side side of the wall of this cave. This looks really creepy, first of all. And I I, I really think it's not pareidolia, folks. So pareidolia, pareidolia, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, something like that. You know, and that's the first thing, of course, you think of. You're like, well, you know, we've been fooled before. You know, the face on Mars. Right, yeah, we have the yeah. face on Mars. Then we have the. Uh, was, uh, it looked box. like a, it looked like what like a cat litter box when he got the uh, high res. I don't know. I I just give up after a while. You know, paradelia happens, and you know, there's nothing we can do about it. But this thing really looks impressive, to say the least. I mean, it looks like a crab. It has a bunch of legs sticking out from it, and it's crawling from what looks like it's crawling on the wall. The the bad thing here is that it's an image of a of a wall or not a wall but of a cave from far away you don't have video attached to this thing so you can't see it move well at least you see it move we that's it. don't have video well that's hold true. on we don't have video that's you true. mean to tell me that's it's fair. just snapping pictures you know i'm sorry I, I i gotta call it like i see it we don't have video i'm not that's saying fair. okay my question is is did they take more than they always take more than one photo because it travels so slowly i want to see the next photo and the next photo and see if the dang thing moved that's what I want to see. I'm thinking. I'm thinking it might have moved. Yeah, you know what makes it really look like it's uh, something crawling on the wall, not part of the actual wall itself. The fact that the legs look like they're really sticking out from the wall it doesn't and they look have like it's part of the shade wall. of color. I mean, it's right. a totally different color. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, folks, but you know. Well, why don't you guys call in and give us your opinion when you have a chance? Um, By the way, that call-in number is 786-245-8127. That's right, 786-245-8127. You can call in, open lines the entire first hour, and when we have uh, Nick Redfern on in the second hour, we we will have open lines also, so if you guys want to call in and and ask him any questions, please do so. But the open lines then would start on the second part of the uh, the hour, so we could have at least the first uh, 25, 30 minutes with Nick to really dissect what we're going to talk about. Now, with uh, Tim Schwartz, though, I mean, any questions you have for him, I'm sure he'll love to get your uh, questions. So if you want to call in when he's on or you want to call in now, please do so. 786-245-8127. Also, find us on Skype by looking up PSN Radio. And uh, that'll that reminds- get you right to us. By the way, that reminds me, are we going to do blasts or not today? Mm, you know, that's a good question. I have to really uh, think about that for a second. Maybe when we go on break, I'll check the uh, the a-hole bucket, and if it's uh, filled with anything worthy, we might do that late, later on. We are worthy. We are worthy. Oh, I'm sorry. It's we're we'll not see. worthy. We'll see. We'll see. But guys, go go to artbelt.com. Check out this uh, crab-like monster. Uh, really freaky stuff. And I'm getting a call here from a, a, a caller seven one seven. You're live on Skywatchers Radio. Welcome. And uh, turn off your Hi. radio. Now, uh, this is Lou Sheehan. I a couple things, if I may. Sure thing, uh, Lou. What's up, buddy? Out, Nick Redfern's father uh, is a UFO involvee. I'll put it that way. He was involved in a large NATO exercise. And I was going. I guess I could call in and ask him to talk about it, but I'll ask you guys to ask him about it, if that's okay. 
that's, yeah, no, that's I'd love for you to of, call in. You can call in for sure. Absolutely. Well, It'll be yeah. in the second hour, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, I heard. Yeah, no problem with you calling. No, no, no Nancy Burns news. Not this not week, tonight. unfortunately. We ha- we have uh, Tim Schwartz. Well, it's not unfortunately. Tim Schwartz okay. is awesome, but you know we rotate. Yeah, the Schwartz and... is with us. The Schwartz is with us. Yes, uh, and next week the, we're going to have uh, the Mike the Mike Mott with us next week. But go ahead, sorry. Uh, the third thing is, if I have a guest recommendation or two, how can I get those to you? Oh, very simple. Uh, info at skywatchersradio.com. That's our uh, okay, info at skywatchersradio.com. Okay. Yep. Thank you, Angel. No Talk problem. No problem. Bye. Thank you, buddy. We should have asked uh, Lou about the uh, crab face. I don't know if you saw that picture or not. It is an uh, interesting as heck picture, though. I mean, you know, just looking at that thing, I mean, it looks... Like a crab. I mean, it, it, it does. I mean, I don't know about any uh, kind of mind tricks that I might be getting right now, but it looks like a crab to me, man. It really does. Well, it looks like a crustacean of some type, but it's got more legs right. than a normal crab does. Well, it's on Mars, dude. You know, we're not talking about exactly. A, a, That's what I'm a saying. Crab you know, on Earth, evolution, you know what I mean? evolution is different over there. You know, it's, it's a whole nother ball game. But folks, we want your opinions, and you definitely should call in. Um, so let's see. Uh, well, here I'm getting a I'm getting a, a not a not an a hole blast, but I'm getting a Skype message from a person named Eric, and they're telling me that the crab picture is from a Secret Ten or Secret T Ten or Secure T Ten, and uh, oh, there are hoaxers. No, 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 no. Yeah, it he misspoke. Secure NASA. Team. Yeah, Secure Team Ten. I know. That, yep. Yeah, we know who those guys are. Yeah, um, you he know. misspoke. That, sorry. He actually put Secure T as T E A, but whatever. Chris Brown, oh. you're live on the show. What's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing? Well, doing I'm better now than you're here. How's it going, Brown, my friend? Well, Wait, but which Chris Brown? We don't, you don't, you don't beat anybody up, right, Chris? No, only if no, they no, mess no. with his uh, UFO sightings. That's, That's all it. I know. They mess with the UFO sightings. Watch them fingers. Boom! I'm gonna just Darn. nip them right off. <laughs> all right. So, so what do you think of this crab-like creature? I mean, uh, yeah, they're telling me secure uh, team ten. Uh, yeah, I know they're hoaxers. Uh, but here's the thing: I know they're hoaxers, uh, but I've seen it on the map. I want it to be real, man. This looks real. It looks so real. I've seen Ten. it in enough other places, not coming from Secure Team Ten. So yeah. I'm I'm going to say that there's some legitness to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, you, you're on the you're on the Mars, so sure, I guess anything you know could be uh, possible. I, I I it looks so grainy when you see it, you know. So I was kind of surprised when they didn't have like a up close look, but who knows, you know. I think the biggest thing we need to realize is uh, we haven't talked about, and it's the fact that Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog separated, and uh, it's huge. So, that was heartbreaking. Right that's there. That, total heartbreaking. Let me tell you, my childhood has taken a complete beating in the last few months. First, Hulk Hogan is a racist. Uh, then we lose Roddy Piper, and now Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy breaking up. What's next? What it. is next? I know it. Deadpool. Know it. Deadpool is next. Well, now that's going to be a good thing. I. You know that I agree. That's going to be a good thing. Uh, that Deadpool being next is is a good thing. I I think I like the idea of a good character breaking the fourth wall and talking to the people that are sitting in the theater. I love that idea. I think that's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be brilliant. I'm still broken up over this uh, Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog thing. Me too. Well, it's, it's about time. You know, they didn't have any kids. And if they did, they looked real scary. And they were so always they fighting. Would. 
and they were always finding anyway. I mean, I could you know, picture him coming in a wife beater, you know, and I, I, I could picture him slapping around Miss Piggy. I don't you know, know, man. I, I think Miss Piggy will, will be slapping around Kermit. That's you know, that's she looks like the type. Um, I, I yeah, I could see Miss Piggy in a dominatrix outfit. Sure, yeah. That was always the biggest thing back in the Muppets back way, you know, in the seventies and all that when the Muppets were out was is that Miss Piggy was always beating uh Kermit the Frog and of course she'd beat everybody else up, but that was the biggest thing. And she would take charge with Kermit and if he got out of line she would Hiya and would give him the karate chop or whatever. Yeah, that's an old spoof. Sure. I love the Muppet show. Great, great show. And by the way, the Muppets are, I guess, are going to be coming back, guys. Yep, ABC is going to have ABC. It's bringing them back. You know, it's a reality, a reality show kind of a thing, which should be interesting to Mm -hmm. see Muppets um, doing that. uh, Yeah, I'm just speechless over that. Yeah, Uh, I really like the two old guys that were up in the booth that were heckling on each other. Are they going to still have those two old guys? I, I hope so. I I hope so. I they love the hecklers. Shit. Yep, they made. But the I'll shit. tell you, I'll tell you. Across the years, there have been some really brilliant things done on uh, with the Muppets on YouTube. You know, till they've made their, till they're making their comeback. I think the best one I've seen is the Ode to Joy. Um, if you know what that one is, being done by Beaker. Ah, oh, yes, Beaker. Where me, they're like, me, me. yeah. But he's doing me, 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 me. I see. You know that Ode to Joy song, right? I do. And we just lost about 30% of our audience. Good job. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my voice. I'm sorry. Folks, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm all the way out in the middle of nowhere doing doing an event for 10 days here. And I'm sorry. My voice is gone. It's not the way it should be. I cordially apologize. Don't change the channel. Don't click on something else, pretty please. Yeah, too late. Well, you know, there's the there's the picture now going around too about the lizard man, guys. What's going on on this on the picture? It looks like the the uh, whatever character out of the Star Trek, the the one the Gorm or Gorm or whatever. Oh, that he... We're talking about the Land of the Lost convention that just happened. Well, well, the lizard guy. Well, yeah, no, they actually have a video I seen on Facebook. I'm sure you know a little bit about it, Angel. Uh, well, actually, I think uh, Alan over here probably knows more about it. Okay, all right. I thought maybe Alan? you guys. Actually, I haven't seen it yet. So oh, well. Ah, yeah, well, it was. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, well, it was posted out on the uh, on Facebook, and I had just seen it a little lizard man, and then there was like this video. Well, they had a picture of a still shot that just looked like a guy or whatever costume. And then there was like a video of just like a mic showing it in kind of like, I don't know, uh, looked like the swamp or something. But you couldn't see anything. So I don't know if we were. And yeah. And uh, huh. yeah, that was. I'm so yeah, intrigued. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you. I don't have, I don't have the you... same friends that you have on Facebook. So I forget. No, I no. See it. Uh, I now, have, you, have you seen the Slenderman videos on YouTube? Oh yeah, that's a little bit on the creepy side, right? Like that yeah, stuff that's... still creeps me the hell out. Like, uh-huh. especially the one he's climbing up to the side of the building. Yeah, that I haven't seen that one, but I've heard about it. Someone, no one sends me the links anymore. Really? Just YouTube it, man. Slender Man walking up building. Very easy. Okay, fine. I'll do that. All right. Right there. It's right there. Um. Anyway. We uh, have a video. Actually, there's a, a video that I put on the, the Facebook page uh, for the show here. I don't know if you saw it yet. I linked it to you a few minutes ago. It's of a sighting. Um, 
Let me see. And the reporting head is it could be aliens or angels. Could be either or. Uh, actually, if you, guys, if you guys go to uh, Facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio, on one word, Skywatchers Radio, uh, just scroll down just a little bit. You're going to see a video on there uh, that, where I posted very good footage. looks authentic. And if you look at this thing, it, it's a bright light in the sky. And as it's going down, it kind of almost looks like a meteor falling from the sky. And as oh, it's yeah. falling down, it's falling down. Then it breaks apart into a bunch of little pieces. And, you know, if it's a meteor that breaks up in entry or whatever, you expect it to keep falling down, right? Sure. This thing literally stops in midair. All these pieces just stop, and then they just disappear. Mm-hmm. I've seen that video, actually. And um, some, a lot of, some of it was in, was in Spanish, maybe, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, I believe it was done in um, maybe I wouldn't say Brazil. I don't know. Yeah, like. I think I'm somewhere around there. Yeah. No, it looks yeah, very I'm, real. Like, I'm, I, I've I'm seen it right now, and their streaks actually literally stop as well too. Right, everything um, stopped. It's like they yeah. just came to a halt, and then they like they converse for a minute, and then they disappear. In fact, I'm gonna link because I can't really link the video on uh, on Twitter for whatever reason. It just won't let me do it. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna. I'm going to tweet out the actual link to the Facebook page. So if you guys are following no, us on Twitter. It's not YouTube, that's why. Yeah, it's not this YouTube, that's why. YouTube. So okay. follow us on Twitter, which is, of course, at Skywatchers Show. And uh, we're going to tweet it out here in a second so you guys can take a, a look at it. Uh, I mean, this is very, very, very interesting stuff. You know, speaking of Skywatching, uh, this is uh, really, uh, this is probably some of the best footage I've seen in a long time. I'm a little I bit more agree. impressed by it. Yeah. This is... This is compelling, especially when they're moving and they're not moving, and they're changing shapes and directions. You don't see any wind with the clouds behind it or in front of it. Yeah, this is interesting. Um, Yeah, really interesting, actually. Now, I know CGI pretty well. I'm not an expert, obviously, and I know uh, that there's a lot of people out there that say, well, I could do this. Fine, but... I've seen how CGI stuff works, and this looks very authentic. I mean, if somebody did this in their home, hey, my hat's off. You should be in Hollywood because this is uh, better than some of the stuff that I'm seeing in movies now. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, and I like this. I'm impressed. You know, it's really interesting that it gets brighter and darker and brighter and dimmer. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm not thinking smoke and mirrors on this one. I'm not going to call Bat Squatch on this one. No, no, no. This is. Really I just wish I had the subtitles to understand what they were saying. That's all. <laughs> you got to learn the language, buddy. You're in, you're in America. You got to learn Spanish. <laughs> wait, wait a second. <laughs> well, now then, then there's the news about the Virgin Atlantic uh, airline that had a object uh, flying over it, at, um, and that was on. Um, oh yeah, I saw that video. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was take. Wasn't that taken off out of JFK or something? Yeah, something like that, and it had a it had an object very clear as far as yeah. it looked anyway. That, was yeah. Yep, zoomed right past a lot quicker. Uh, yeah, that yeah, it zoomed right past them. That was an interesting video. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, there's some stuff out there. Hopefully, you can call in and tell us what you caught on camera and upload it to us, so we can be the first to break your news. I, I just look. By the way, I just tweeted this out. So, if anybody's uh, on our Twitter page, uh, again, uh, just follow us at Skywatchers Show. It's right on there. It's a Facebook page. Go there. You'll see the video. Leave a comment uh, if you guys want to call in and talk about it as you're looking at the video because this is very, very real looking. Uh, call in in seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. Moving on to another uh, piece of news here before we go on break and get Tim Schwartz on the line with, of course conspiracy journal news uh there is uh, another uh, piece of information here and i want you to stay on for this danny because i mean not danny sorry 
Chris Brown. Okay. One person. Chris, yeah. stay on the line here for us, because uh, this is something huh? that I think you'll be interested in also. Uh, check this out. This is coming from OpenMinds.tv. Oh, yes. I love Open Minds. Right, right, right. OpenMinds.tv. Check this out. And this is also uh, yep. UFO video related, because, you know, this is Skywatchers Radio. So let's bring some UFO videos, right? Uh, this is UFO videos. Uh, witnesses uh, can identify lights over the Philippines. And I want you to take a look at this, guys. I'm going to I'm gonna uh, link it to you guys, and I'm going to twit this out also for the audience. Um, here's the link so you guys could look at it right now. Okay. All right. All right. That's the link there. I don't know if you guys got it. All right, cool. And I'm going to tweet this out now again at Skywatcher Show. Check out some of the footage on here. And I'm telling you, Open Minds, I think, might have finally got some real footage on their front page. This well, they've, really they've had good. some decent fo footage in the past. Well, yeah, they have, but it's been a long time since I've seen something that looks authentic. I mean, this looks really good. All right, hang on. Let's see. What do we got here? There's uh, flights uh, over the Philippines. Let's see. What do we got, folks? By the way, folks, please go ahead and link into this. Take a look and see what we're talking about as well, too. All right. Rapunga, Again, follow along at, uh, at you know, Skywatcher this, Show. You know, these lights actually look very similar to what we just saw in that yeah. other video that's on our actual Facebook page. Very similar. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, different perspective, different part of uh, of of the world, the Philippines. Yeah. part of the world, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and, and you could actually have decent audio with this guy, also, too. Yeah. Uh, yep, this yep. is this is interesting. Compelling uh -huh. stuff, and the, this is right over on uh, OpenMinds.tv. If you guys want to uh, follow along, it's on mysterious UFO. Uh, it says mysterious UFO um, lights over Penang, Philippines. Penang. Yeah. There you go, ping, ping. Yeah. Ping, ping. And what's interesting ping, ping, is, ping. is they actually have another, they have two videos on this one thing. Um, right. they, they actually have two different videos that actually show it from a different angle as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, this one's good. That's one. This one's good, folks. Got to check it out. So there you go. We've tweeted out both videos uh, tonight that are, as far as me and Alan are concerned, pretty damn real looking. Mm-hmm. All right. I well. agree. I agree myself as a true experiencer. I agree myself, and and um, you know, after seeing something like like what we have, you know, you could you could get a pretty good gift or what what's uh, what's as you like to say, uh, uh, bat squatch and and what's bat squatch and what isn't? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and really, that's it. So it's got to have that first hand look in order, I guess, to get it. That's all I can say. Indeed. Okay, All right, uh, guys, we're going to go on a quick commercial break here, and when sure. we come back, we're going to have Mr. Tim Schwartz on the line with us, and we're going to talk a little bit about Conspiracy Journal, uh, what he's had, what he has going on right now with The Outer Edge and other stuff that he's working on. He always brings really exciting conversation to the show. So stick around. This is, of course, Skywatchers Radio. Radio? We'll Radio. Radio. Yes. This is the Dark Matter Digital Network. This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth-oriented discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 p.m. Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. 
UFO phenomenon either we like it or not is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They have very large eyes, and you know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Back on Skywatchers Radio, live on the Dark Matter Digital Network, and of course PSN Radio. If you guys want to call in, as always, open lines seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. Joining us now is the co-host of the show, The Outer Edge. He's also a contributor to the Conspiracy Journal, one of our favorite news correspondents here on Skywatchers Radio, an all-around swell guy, and one of my good friends on radio, Mr. Tim Schwartz, our good friend. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for being here tonight, sir. 
Why, it's my pleasure, Angel. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm just so happy to be with you here tonight. <laughs> what enthusiasm you have there. I know. You <laughs> sounded like us in the first segment there. It just sounded I, like, uh that's it's that's my that's my um, NPR voice, you know. Welcome oh, to- I thought it was the zombie voice. Sorry. Yeah, no, zombie voice would be like you know, brave. You ever notice that? Hold on, hold on one second. Let me just ask you guys a question. Okay. You ever notice that with every single zombie movie, the ones that do talk, always they've had a normal American accent till they become a zombie, and then they are turned British and go, brine. <laughs> my seriously, thing is, my thing is, hold on. I've never here's noticed a, here, that. Here's the thing. Also, I, one thing I've noticed: why is it that only zombies remember one word? Brains. Why? <laughs> how about liver, spleen? You know, why none of that? Yeah, that would be good. That Kidneys. Be good. You know, there's always brains. Why? Why the brain? <laughs> well, uh, and, it, and it wasn't uh, until the uh, gosh, uh, and what what was what was the name of the uh, the O'Bannon movie? Um, that started the whole zombie eating brains things. I mean, you know, oh, before, you know, like uh, the Night of the Living Dead and, you know, and all those other ones, I mean, the zombies would eat whatever they get their hands onto. Right. But it, it wasn't until uh, the, the, the one where, and, I, and its name slips me now, where they ended up, the government ends up nuking the town. Oh, 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 oh. Um, so it, it was Dan O'Bannon's movie. Yeah, it was a very, very campy movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh! I remember, I remember the video cover as well, uh, where the you know you have the gravestone and you have the zombies on each side mm-hmm. and gothy kind of a thing. Um, it was not Night of the Living Dead, but it was Night of the Something Dead, something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean that, and that was one of the first ones that showed the zombies who, I mean, I mean, they would, they, they would run really fast. I mean, before they would just shuffle along, but the, you know, the, the zombies in this one, I mean, they, you know, they, they, had, they were motivated <laughs> and, 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 they, and they, they just wanted brains. I mean, yeah, yeah they, they were motivated. They were in the mood to do some damage. Yeah. Well, that was, that was the one. Remember when the ambulance came, you know, the zombies swarmed them and then one of the zombies got onto the uh, microphone and uh, called the dispatcher and said, send, send more, more brains. Ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> send more brains. Oh my God. I'm a little disappointed with the uh, zombie genre these days, though. It's gotten a little bit off course. I re- I like the '80s, '70s, and '80s zombie movies more than what we're getting today. Oh, oh yeah, just me yeah. though. Oh well, the the blind uh, the blind dead movies. You ever see those? The Where blind like... dead movies. No. Yeah, yeah. This uh, um, uh, they were like the the Knights Templar zombies, and uh, they were. They... Ooh. Tell yeah, me more. Yeah. Oh my God! Well, they were like, what is it? Like uh, 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 French Italian movies from the sixties, and just just look up, the, you know, like the blind, uh, blind dead, or you know, blind zombies, and you, and you'll find them. But I mean, it was like it was just really, I mean, just completely different from you know the the other uh, zombie types of movies that were going on at the time because you had like uh, the 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 blind night templar zombies riding in in slow motion on horseback. And just you know, just okay. genuinely creepy. Yeah, I mean, uh, sounds you know, creepy. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's not a lot of blood and guts or anything like that. So, I mean, you know, if you if you're gonna go and watch it, expecting you know, like the modern films, you know, where you see just entrails, you know, spread all over the place, and then you're gonna be disappointed. Excuse me, while I throw my spleen at you. That's right. I'm like, <laughs> wow. Well, that escalated right, let's quickly. Get, let's get back yeah. to our main topic. This. Yeah, is we've got off course about you. Oof, completely. 
I'm sorry I derailed you, but I will tell you this. If you want to see a really cool zombie movie on YouTube, you guys got to see Fists of Jesus. Ooh. When you have a chance, watch that. Okay. Fists of Jesus. I like the title. Yeah, yeah. You will I'm, in, not I'm intrigued. Stop <laughs> laughing. When we say Lazarus comes back from the dead, oh, we're man. not kidding. <laughs> yeah, you got to see it. I, 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 <laughs> you like that one, dude. Yeah, I could not stop. Yeah, you guys got to see it. But after you listen to our show, and after Fist you listen to Jesus. Art Bell after our show. And after you listen to Richard Hoagland after Art Bell. That's right. And then, so sometime tomorrow, watch it, and then just forget about it. Cause, <laughs> That's it, yeah. Yeah, just wait for tomorrow, yeah, not now. There you go. Uh, so anyway, Conspiracy Journal's own Tim Schwartz. Uh, what's the latest uh, going on in your neck of the woods since last what's you joined us, my friend? Conspiracy? What yes. is this week's conspiracy? Oh, is there my gosh. Well, um, you know, there there has been a re- report, and I just ran across this just before I came onto the air, that I guess that there was a pretty good-sized uh, meteorite that uh, landed somewhere in uh, um, Iran. Was it Iran? Yeah, I think it was Iran. And uh, there's, um, there's apparently, there's, uh, from what I've been hearing, and, and of course now you have to remember, Right now, we are starting to come into a uh, a, a peak um, shooting star time. What is it? The Perseids that goes Perseid from meteor shower, yeah, yeah. meteor right, shower right. from about now until I think it peaks on the thirteenth. So, I mean, you're go, you're you're going to start to see an increase anyway in shooting stars, and the Perseids are also well known for uh, very bright. Uh, what are called bolides oh, yeah. or, or fireballs, especially uh, uh, green ones. Uh, but there's been uh, some stories that have come about over the last uh, a few days of actual um, meteorites, uh, large meteorites uh, uh, hitting the Earth. You know, naturally, at uh, really? you're, you're not you're not going to be hearing a lot of this in the you know normal. Uh, United States media, because I mean they're too obsessed with you know the what what kind of stupid things Donald Trump is talking about. Uh, so uh, shut your mouth. He's going to be the next president of the United States. Oh, that would be <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would be that would be great for like late night talk show hosts because you know they're going to make so be. many jokes. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I can't. I, uh, the the talk shows. I'll tell I mean, you, if he becomes salivate. president. Hang on, here's the good joke for the night. If he's going to be come president, there's going to be hell to pay. <laughs> I saw that joke coming in a, a mile away. That's right. <laughs> see, I almost, I'm compelled to almost vote for the guy just to see the train wreck happen because you know it's going to be bad. But it's going to be. Funny. I don't think you know. I don't think it's going to be bad or funny. I think that that he's what's probably going to happen is he's going to. He's going to sort the economy out really quickly. He's going to piss off a lot of people doing it. But get, get us into you know, like three more wars. <laughs> he, you know, he's he's going to. I don't know. I don't think he's going to get us into wars. I think he's going to strike business deals and buy his way out of. I think he's going to figure out a way to strike deals that would buy the country out of the situation that it's in, or sell the country out of the ways it's in. Yeah, but here's the thing: there's no way that you could really get the country out of the debt that is owed to China. For example, without paying all that money back, and guess what? You do that, sure, maybe no more you money in circulation. Sure, you sell them Alaska. 
<laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> oh, and then throw, you know, throw in Texas. You know, Didn't we get Alaska deal, for like 50 yeah. bucks? Something, Something like that, yeah. yeah. Like $50? I don't know. It wasn't the, the Louisiana purchase, so I don't know. But in all, <laughs> but it, but in all seriousness, seriously, seriously, I think he had – I'm willing to bet that his – with between his business advisors, even though he's filed bankruptcy – um, I think he might be able to change the country economically. And, of course, he's never going to get full disclosure, I'm sure, about that, oh, because well, that, no one wants that, to tell that, him. Of course not. Well, we yeah. all know that – You know, we all know d- disclosure is always going to be a struggle because you know, none of the presidents are ever going to be privy to it. All the information when it comes to ufology, because unless they're you know, called they're Bush. only they're only there either for four years or eight years, and some of these people that are on the military industrial com- complex have been there for decades. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and face it, I yep. mean, you know, the our our politicians, or probably most politicians worldwide, are basically nut jobs. You know, I mean, uh, that's that, being polite. Actually, got me. Hey, 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 hang on. <laughs> Who's that knocking at your door right now? I think they got yeah. some black suits on. You know? Yeah, well, I, I'd like to, I'd like to see the black suits argue that point with me. I mean, you know, as they're taking me away, they'll be like, "Yeah, we agree with you completely." You know, <laughs> we agree with you, but we got to take you now. That's right. That's right. Well, but it but it's true though. I mean, you know, most of them are narcissists. I mean, they're they're psychopaths. Oh, uh, oh you're talking about the president, right? Yeah, well, anybody. No, that's just the that's the Republicans. Yeah, well, Democrats. <laughs> the Republicans they're all, and the Democrats they're all, all the like same. That, yeah. All yeah. they're all the same. They're all the same. You know, See, that's the that's the sad I truth. They all that, vote for none of the above. Well, here's the, the sad truth. The sad truth is, people get so caught up in the politics of oh, Democrats versus Republicans. But you, you're absolutely right. It is all the same. It doesn't matter who you all vote for. I'll tell you this. I am so looking forward to seeing the debate coming up this week on Fox. Now I is really, uh, really is really Trump going to be in the debate? Is that been announced? Yes, he's be ha- oh, yep, yes. yep, he's going to be in there. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> Trump, Trump, yeah. and, Trump, and Jeb are the uh, the the two main ones that I've heard of so far. Uh, that's, uh, some of the others, I mean, they didn't uh, for some reason they didn't pass muster. Here's the uh, over or under. What do you think? Uh, how many times is, is Trump going to curse, or how many times he's going to like tell somebody to go f off? <laughs> uh, I, I just don't know, but it'll be interesting to find out. That's for sure. That's right. That's right. right. So, what what is so, the latest conspiracy you've got for us here, Tim? Well, one of the you know one of the other things that are that that is going on right now, and I, I don't know if you have seen this yet of the uh, uh, the UFO cluster that was uh, uh, seen over uh, Osaka, Japan, recently. Uh, yeah, it's a very interesting, uh, uh, very interesting footage that um, you know shows this. I mean, you know, again, it's just it's it's kind of a strange pattern of uh, of lights, uh, uh, you know, flying in the sky. Obviously, you know, uh, maneuvering in such a way that you know you wouldn't expect to see that from you know normal conventional aircraft and it was probably about one two three four five six seven eight nine ten about about ten or twelve lights pretty clustered together and, and i tell you something you know you you go and you look around and and you'll find some really interesting uh, uh videos that show very similar uh, uh ufo patterns uh of of just these these odd clusters of unusual looking lights. A lot of times they're just hanging in the sky, uh, you know, not, not moving or going anywhere like that. And obviously not something conventional. And, you know, I'm, it's, it's that kind of footage 
that convinces me more on the reality of you know the uh, of unidentified aerial phenomena rather than some of these ones that show yeah, you know, like the like a like a disc with you know like all kinds of you know fancy gear hanging off of it and you know, <laughs> do yeah you know, doing the uh, uh, the the Billy Myers yeah well the <laughs> I, and I, I tell you something boy uh, the the sophistication uh, that that some of these people are able to achieve with just their their laptop computers on faking yep. these you know some of this footage using CGI mm. you know from their home computers is just absolutely amazing and that's you know to me that's that's one of the number one giveaways is that you know these things look too good you know I mean um, a real it looks too good to be true it's, now we. It's we talked about a couple of videos, or we, we talked about a couple of videos earlier on the show. I don't know if you were listening to the first seg, uh, part of the show, the first segment. Uh, there's a couple of videos that uh, we're talking about which look very, very authentic, uh, very, very real. I mean, and of course, it, anything could be CGI these days. That's just a fact. Anything. Uh, but have you seen these two videos we're talking about, or did you miss it? No, I missed it. Uh, can you refresh me on it real quick? Well, actually, you know, I'm going to link it to you, and uh, you just uh, go to the uh, link here. It's on our Facebook page uh, to the first one. Scroll down, and you'll see it right there. Uh, it's it's not that long. It's a pretty quick video, but my goodness, this looks very, very real to me. Mm-hmm. And the other one's on openminds.tv. Uh, mm, okay, okay. Uh, that's just, uh, um, it's, it's like I said before, you know, the a lot of times... Um, the uh, you know some of the photographs that were taken of uh, of UFOs before you know video cameras uh, really became uh, uh, predominant. Uh, even with the best cameras, it showed these things blurry. And uh, oh yeah, that is that that is a good one, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, you know. I, that one, oh well, okay. See now, at first, at first, I, at first I was gonna say, you know, I bet you that's a, uh, you know, like a satellite or, or space debris, something breaking across. up, and it, yeah, it looks like that at first, but then it just stops. Yeah, then it stops. It just hangs there in, with yeah. a, almost like a triangular shape. Yeah, yeah, you're now, right. Now, of course, my buddy Don okay. Smith, uh, now, see, <laughs> hold on, see. Don Smith on Facebook is saying it's swamp gas. Yeah. Right there, though. See, now that's that's the type of uh, a cluster formation that I, about, <laughs> that I was talking about earlier on uh, uh, on a lot of these things uh, that you're seeing. There was one taken over Germany a couple of years ago, um, <clears throat> and it was close to an Air Force base, in fact, that uh, showed a very tight cluster of kind of like uh, uh, red and pink and uh, uh, I think bluish lights in a very you know, very tight cluster, just just hanging in the air, not not. You know, not flying around, not doing anything, and uh, 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 again, you know this uh, this kind of formation uh, you're seeing uh, uh, more and more. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's just uh, uh, you know, because they are so unusual in in just the way that they hang in the air like that, rather than something that travels relatively fast across the sky. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I suspect that stuff like that happens all the time and people just miss it, you know, because face it, you know, you, you, you're going around. If you're you know, not looking for it, you're not going to see it. That's the well, thing. How exactly. many of us actually go outside looking for stuff in the sky? You know, we go about our daily business and, you know, we go to the bank, go to work, go to school, take our kids to school, whatever you do. You don't you go don't outside and, just, and look at the sky. Yeah, exactly. You can have UFOs flying right by you sometimes. You would have no clue. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but like I was saying before, you know, there's something about 
the uh, the, the more authentic looking uh, UFO uh, pictures that you know, I mean they always tend to be blurry which you know a lot of UFO researchers have speculated that there's some kind of you know like a, a force field or you know something to do with the propulsion system that's well, well hang on hang on hang on I, I gotta I gotta interject on this one sorry please uh, Angel do you remember yet one of the last shows that we did where we actually were looking at websites where people are using specifically infrared cameras and it was coming out much much clearer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Different spectrums of light. Yeah, yeah. Infrared especially would pick up a whole lot of stuff. That the, so uh, it might be blurry to conventional cameras. Right, but right, we right. Might be actually able to see much more detail in other spectrums that we're not capable of viewing. Well, in something like the ones where the video that we're looking at here on our Facebook page. Again, if you guys want to see it, it's on Facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio. Uh, this video in particular, I mean, these, this object is or these objects are pretty far away, so you're going to expect it to be a little blurry and out of focus. You, I mean, it's not to be something that you could really zoom into and see sharp, you know, designs or anything like that. Uh, and a lot of these videos are like that. They're just, you know, they're a little far away. Now, hoaxing a video is very easy. You can, yes, you can get an airplane. Yeah. Look, you don't even need CGI to hoax a video, okay? If you have an airplane coming towards you, just stand there with a the camera for about five minutes. Believe me, it's going to look like a UFO when you reveal the, the images on the computer. It's going to look like an alien ship of some sort. I know because I've done it. And it's yep. really easy to do. No CGI involved. And I actually uploaded a video like that to test the waters once. And, uh, yeah, people believed it. They, everybody's like, oh, my God, you should call MUFON. Uh, you should get, you know, uh, the authorities involved. They might be out trying to abduct you. And it, it made it on websites and everything. It's crazy, you know, what people believe. But it's so easy to do. But this here, I don't think it's swamp this gas, This is impressive. Don. This is pretty impressive. I don't think this is swamp gas. And I've seen enough fake videos to kind of know what trickery people are doing and this looks pretty good again it could be cgi though yeah I, t- I tell you something you know the 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 second one that you just uh sent me here um the one that's you know oh my god please quit saying oh my god <laughs> there, there there's there's a something about that just makes me <laughs> oh my god stop saying oh my god yeah there's just i don't know that something about this one that just i i don't know it's, it's just, not kosher it, it doesn't seem to be. I, you know, I mean, after all, all these years, I mean, I can't say that my instinct is 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 perfect when it comes to seeing these things. But there's just something about that one that seems to me that it may not be real. The first one that you showed me, now that one, that would look pretty good. Yeah, you know, that well, that well, you're looking be, at the uh, one that actually had two other people uh, doing, two other people commenting on the footage or two different. The one shots? in the Philippines on open minds. Is that the one you're talking about? Mm, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, let's see which one. Which one was that one? It's. Uh, that was the one on. Uh, uh, oh, Chris it's, Brown, I think, might have posted it's, it. It's on Face. Yeah, you sent me on Facebook. It's from uh, yeah. somebody named Rez Zen. This yes, is, yes, this, Chris, Chris Brown posted. That. Thank you, Chris. He just wanted to link to that there. This is amazing. Uh, Shot in Massachusetts. 2015 warning: explicit mm. language, and it's just I don't know. It's just some. Just something about it just does not quite seem authentic to me. I don't know. And I and like I said, I could tell you. Girls is Batsquatch. That's right. Batsquatch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this yeah, TV show. Yeah. This 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 digital network show has been brought to you by the letter N B <laughs> and O. Which spells no, boys and girls. I thought you were going with, no. I you were going to go with B on that one and spell out Bat Squatch, but never mind. 
Uh, well, now speaking of uh, speaking of interesting photographs, I don't know if you have seen the uh, the, the the latest image from Mars that uh, Ooh, has been we were talking about that earlier. Uh, the uh, the crab on Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's it. yes, that's yeah. It. yeah. No, 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 I, thought, I thought that one uh, interesting, but of course, you know, unless unless uh, they can get the rover to get in a little closer to it, you know, it, it it could just be. Oh no, no, no! I'm sure they turned the rover all the way around. See, the other yeah. Way here, here's your, here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing, Tim. Uh, Alan over here for once made a great point on the show. He said that he's pretty sure that they have other footage and maybe even video of this thing. And I agree. There has to be. I mean, they're just not going to snap one picture. I'm pretty sure that there was multiple photos, maybe videos. Um, when are we going to get to see that stuff? Because that's what would prove that this is some kind of a life form. If they can catch it in mid-movement or moving, you know I mean? That oh, would prove uh- Oh no! It'd be uh, it'd be like the, these horror movies, <laughs> you know, where uh, right. the the video gets closer and closer and closer, and then all of a sudden the thing just leaps out. <laughs> That's it for the rover, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then a voice, like in the movie Starship Troopers, comes out, and you want to talk about the bugs, and they start talking talking about these bugs on Mars. <laughs> That's right, you know. Uh, press here for more information. Exactly. You know, it's going to be very sad if that movie turns out to be prophetic, and you know. The bugs come from Mars to Earth, and they start taking over. <laughs> well, who knows? I'm waiting for Day of the Triffids. Missed that one. I don't know what you. Oh, you you don't you never seen Day of the Triffids? Oh my gosh! No. Oh. Seen that one. Oh, uh, oh wow, I, that's classic. Highly recommend that one. Yes, that's right. right. I'm put that yeah, on, that, I'm going to put that, that one on my bucket list. Day of the Triffids. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Day of the Triffids, and what was it? Night of the Comet. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. Of course, you know any 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 movie that has Catherine Stewart in it. So yeah. <laughs> oh, you're not biased at all. You know. I'm sorry. But any any you know, you're not biased at all. You're a Catherine Stewart fan, I see. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> she she was hot back then. I don't know what she looks like now, but. Oh well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that all that that movie I think was the actual first movie Robert Beltran did. Also, now that I think about it. He played the truck driver, and he, yeah, and then he ended up doing the whole Chakotay thing on Star Trek. That's right. That's right. I forgot uh, about it. What a terrible <laughs> name that was, by the way. Chakotay. Oh, uh, thanks. Chakotay. <laughs> choke on it, Chakotay. Choke on it, Chakotay. I mean, when he's I'm reading sorry. that script, and he's like, what's my character's name? Ch- what? <laughs> How do you pronounce that? Why would you call a character that on Star Trek? Chick-fil-A. It was ch- Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, not Chicote, Chick-fil-A. You know, in Spanish, you, you know what Chicote means in Spanish, by the way. I'm afraid to ask. Can you say it on the radio? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can say it on the radio. Oh, okay, okay, go for it. Smelly go for it. feet. Hey. Smelly feet. Smelly feet. Smelly feet. Is that it? I was hoping for it, something a little bit better than that. Man. No, 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 no. Anybody who speaks Spanish understands the term "bestia chicote." Oh, there's so words listening before that. Then. Yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah, well, okay. if, if, yeah, pesta means order, smell, you know, smell, smelly feet. Okay. By the way, folks, we, we do have another <laughs> 10 minutes before our next break or so to bring on the famous Nick Redfern. Anybody want to call in and talk to Tim here and ask him about any other conspiracies, what he's thinking of? Uh, um, please call in. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, Tim, actually, I wanted to ask you Sorry. something about the, uh, cons- uh, not the Conspiracy Journal, but the Commander X stuff. Any uh, updates, latest uh, stuff going on with Commander X at all? Are we ever going to see Commander X return? 
Boy, I don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I haven't heard um, from Commander X in quite a while. Um, yeah, you know, there's, there's a, a book out now that um, it's, it's been out for a month or so called "The Final Nail in Your Coffin." And uh, uh, one of the contributors to that book, besides myself, was was Commander X and Sean Castile. Uh, so I mean, you know, it leads a lot of people to think that you know this is this is something that uh, Commander X wrote recently. But actually, um, the section that Commander X contributed to was uh, a, a book called Red Mercury, and this was written at least seven years ago and released on its own. Uh, but, uh, uh, then the, uh, then, then our publisher, uh, decided he wanted to combine a couple of, you know, these smaller books together to, to make, to make one big book <laughs> and red mercury is one of them. So I've, you know, I, I've actually, I've had questions, you know, uh, along those lines given to me recently, like, Oh, commander X got a new book out. And I'm like, eh. you know, this is something that he wrote a little while ago. And, and, uh, I taste, Except I, um, I don't know. Uh, the last time that I collaborated with him, he was not doing uh, very well health-wise. At least that's that's what he wrote to me. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, uh, gosh, you know, ever since I actually started um, publishing books. You know, like one of my first assignments was to actually finish a couple of books that uh, Commander X had started under contract, and then he had a heart attack and couldn't finish them. And so then I took the material uh, for it was three books actually. I took the material that he had, you know, that he had gathered, and then some of the stuff that he had he had written for at least one of them, and then finished these projects. And then since that time, and we're talking about. I think this was like 1995, I think is when all this started. And he's been in ill health since that time. So, I mean, of course, you know, you have to realize that uh, from what I have been told, I mean, he, he wasn't a young man even when he started uh, writing right, right. books. Uh, I mean, he, had, he was already uh, retired. Of course, now... Um, you know, when you're in the military, I mean, you know, you could retire probably, I guess, at, you know, probably younger than most, you know, most of us in the uh, the, the civilian sector can retire. Uh, so, you know, but, uh, um, you know, as for a direct communication, no, I haven't heard from him in, in, in quite a while. You think and he's still alive? Or, I mean, how would you know? That's just it. I wouldn't know because uh, a lot of times um, our correspondents... Uh, well, our correspondence was always through either letters in the mail or then later on uh, through email. And, and the email correspondence was really uh, pretty fleeting, you know, because he just never really got into the whole computer thing. And, you know, and in fact, the, 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 the conspiracy journal email is commanderx12 at hotmail.com because originally right. conspiracy journal was called Commander X's conspiracy journal and so you know we huh. set up this, we set up this email for him so that you know people you know people could write and send stories directly to him but it just got to the point where he just never responded and so i just kind of took it over uh myself so you know like if anybody wants to you know email me or email you know anything you're the new commander x can yeah you, well i hate can to you say, be 
Yeah, I hate to say that because then people will be like, "Oh, you're Commander X." Like, yeah, I'm well, about the we, farthest for military intelligence. We can call you. We can call you Commander Triple X. You there you go. Oh, okay, I like that too. Okay. <laughs> now, for those who don't, those who don't know Commander X, is he's a retired military intelligence officer turned author, and uh, really uh, one of the the stuff that I saw a long time ago on video of his. Uh, one of the few things I think he's, he's ever done in a video, of course, you can't see his face. It's just, uh, and the voice is distorted. Uh, but it, there's some very interesting stuff that he put on the video, and some of it had to do with uh, reptilians and dinosaurs and uh, the reptilians being ancestors of dinosaurs that left the planet. Uh, how much of that stuff do you think he really believed 100%? Oh, I don't know. You know, you have to remember that a lot of the stuff that, that he was writing about... Um, came about around the same time as the you know the whole Paul Benowitz uh, scenario situation yes. yep. where obviously yeah I mean Benowitz was being fed just all kinds of uh, you know bogus stuff mm-hmm. and, and you know, disinformation so I mean you know it, it, it's it's hard really to weed out the stuff that could be true with the stuff that was just plain, you know, uh, uh, bull, you know what. <laughs> yeah, bull uh, Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, a lot of the, like, the magazine articles that Commander X wrote, I mean, it, it, was, it was very close to, to, to the same kind of uh, uh, issue that Benowitz was getting. So, you know, it, I've always, and I've talked about this with other people, you know, I mean, you just, you can never be too sure when it comes to this whole anonymous whistleblower uh, situation, whether or not you are actually getting, you know, legitimate information or if somebody is, you know, has another agenda and they're right. trying to you, you know, just as a disseminator of information, you know, false information. Everybody has an agenda in you, Paul. Right. It's true. Exactly. It's true. Yep. You know, I mean, I I always, uh, I've, if anybody ever sends me, you know, information with no, you know, uh, ways of identify the, uh, identifying, I mean, I don't, I don't use it. I mean, I may discuss it. Sure, you know, it's purely, you know, in, in speculation, but I never, you know, I, you will not see me say, hey, well, you know, Anonymous X, you know, sent me, you know, this, uh, there's moon bases on the dark side of the moon from aliens from Red Zetericticulate, <laughs> you know, or, what, you know, or whatever, you know, it's like, and it must be true because this guy said he was a retired, you know, Air Force. Because ship. his uncle told my roommate, so it must exactly, be true. <laughs> exactly, exactly, you know, you just, you, you have to be extremely wary of uh, that kind of information you got to be wary of everything you know it's funny because for a long time i thought commander x was william cooper and i just for whatever reason i thought that maybe that was just a character he created or something or he had something to do with commander x and william cooper and of course behold the pale horse uh Mm -hmm. wrote about how the government would do stuff like that uh and one day would even uh issue a false flag ufo invasion just to take over the country and uh, that would be a new world order type of thing. And, uh, I, you know, I don't put it past the government. We're getting technologically to the point where we could uh, actually fake some of that stuff very easily and fool the masses. It's called YouTube. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Werner Von Braun said the same thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah he did. You know, yep. yeah, yeah, he, you know, he, he said first it would be like a Cold War between, you know, like the uh, the, the West and the East. And he said the next thing would be um, uh, terrorists. Terrorists. Terrorist, yeah, and then he said yeah. after that, you know, after that well ran dry, then it would be you know extraterrestrials, you know, a, you know an invasion of extraterrestrials. So you know, <laughs> that so far it seems to be playing out along those lines. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I saw a documentary on uh, on him the other day, and 
my goodness. Uh, that man is responsible for just about everything that has to do with our space program and uh, possibly even the uh, dark shadow government space program. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that uh, he was involved in, which was uh, very, very telling. I mean, when you when you watch uh, some of the stuff that he was involved in back then, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he Incredible. he 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 wasn't just some uh, uh, um, rich Nazi, uh, because no, I mean that's no, no. you know his his claim was that well I mean you know because of his uh, family's position that I mean they had to he had to join the Nazi party. Yeah, no, uh, he was born into wealth. I mean, he wasn't born yes. broke. You know what I mean? Right. It wasn't like he wasn't born in poverty. Uh, yeah. Not only that, yeah. apparently when he left NASA, he uh, this is part of the documentary anyway. Uh, he supposedly started working with folks that uh, he knew from the Bohemian Grove, and mm -hmm. part of that is what became known as the secret space program. For, with the uh, secret government, the shadow government, uh, they believe uh, that documentary anyway believes that he was part of that building that infrastructure back then, and uh, that's uh, the second uh, you know that's the second space program we have in this country, which we don't even know about, but our taxpayer money goes and pays it on a yearly basis, <laughs> like the uh, line in Independence Day. You really don't think a toilet bowl costs like thirty thousand dollars, right, or whatever that line is? <laughs> it really doesn't. Uh, uh, right. Tim, we're all out of time here on the, uh, this segment. Thank you so much for being on the show, my friend. You're awesome. Yeah, absolutely. As always. It's always great to hear from you. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime. Guys, we're going to come back on Skywatchers Radio with our guest of the evening, Mr. Nick Redfern. Please stick around. This is the Dark Matter Digital Network and PSN Radio. This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth-oriented discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network, live at 8 p.m. Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. The UFO phenomenon, either we like it or not, is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They have very large eyes, and, you know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. 
Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Everybody, we're back on Skywatchers Radio with our guest this evening, the one and only Mr. Nick Redfern, the author of about, what, 23 books? Now, Nick is a full-time author, journalist, specializing in a wide range of unsolved mysteries, which includes Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, UFO sightings, government conspiracies, alien abductions, my favorite, and paranormal phenomena of all kinds, really. He writes regularly for the London Daily Express newspaper, 14 times fate magazine and ufo magazine he used to write for that uh, his previous books include three men uh, seeking monsters strange secrets cosmic crashes and the fbi files which is an awesome book one of my favorite by the way the real men in black read it cover to cover twice thank you for being on the show again with us nick redfern you're awesome thank you for being here sir well thanks for having me on again guys now how does the man write 23 books in such a short period of time how does this happen <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, you know, it's a little bit out of date. It's 31 now. So. <laughs> My goodness, across, 31. <laughs> but that is across um, 20 years. So, I mean, you know, it's sort of one and a bit a year, I guess, if you look at it like that. Which, you know, when you, when you sort of write full-time, 8 to 5, Monday to Friday, which I like to keep sort of regular hours, you know, one and a half books a year isn't isn't that difficult, really, you know. Now, what's a, your favorite kind of subject to tackle in some of these books? Because you, you, you've covered all kinds of uh, wide ranges well, of uh, conspiracies. Now, what compelled you to... Oh, sorry. Uh, well, anyway, move on. Uh, again, my question. What's your favorite topic to tackle on your books? Uh, <laughs> is aliens, abduction, and uh, UFOs your uh, your favorite topic? No, it's actually not my, my favorite subject. It's cryptozoology, which is the study of unknown Ooh. animals like Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, and so on. And one of the reasons why is because I enjoy going on road trips and expeditions, you know. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm fascinated by the UFO subject, but very often with a UFO sighting, you know, by the time you hear about it, 
at the very least, days have gone by or weeks or years even. Um, but if you have, you know, reports of a lake monster or a Bigfoot on the loose in one particular area, that makes it more sort of immediate in terms of being able to actually get out there and investigate things. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoy hitting the road and going on expeditions and sort of, um, you know, cutting through the rainforests and the jungles or you know, hanging out on a lake with the night vision equipment looking for some giant serpents, you know. So it's good fun but and informative, and hopefully one day, you know, we'll, we'll get proof of these things. You ever come okay, across I a gotta, Bigfoot yet, no? <laughs> i got to throw out a question here. What huh? compelled you – what was your first book and what compelled you to write it? Uh, well, and obviously – and obviously, what is the last book you wrote and what compelled you to write that? Okay. Well, the first one I wrote was called A Covert Agenda, which came out in 1997, um, when I originally from England, where I'm, where I'm from, um, living in England at the time. And uh, what happened was in the early 90s, the government started releasing literally about a couple of hundred pages a year of formally classified UFO files. And, you know, a lot of them were just lights in the sky reports, but for every... 10 or 15 like that, there was one or two really good ones from military pilots, airline pilots, police officers, and nobody had really touched these files because this was sort of pre-internet, we're talking 93, 94, none of the files were sort of digitized or anything, so you had to go down to this dusty old archive to read them or find them, and nobody had really done it, so I thought, well, I'll go down and see what's there, and to my surprise and you know interest there were some good files so that book um was based around those early files that surfaced because you know i always feel if you're going to write a book you got to try and bring something new and certainly the files were new now the most recent book i've got out uh, right now it's called but just literally hitting the uh, bookshelves this week it's called chupacabra road trip and it's as the title suggests it's a road trip type book on all the expeditions I've been on to Puerto Rico, Mexico, around the U.S., Central America, in search of the Chupacabra. And so it's sort of like, um, I guess, like a cross between the X-Files meets something like uh, Fear and Love in Las Vegas, you know, sort of uh, racing around <laughs> looking for the Chupacabra and then stopping off for a margarita to uh, get a bit of energy back or whatever. So. <laughs> chupacabra, margarita, margarita. We're chupacabra. completely in the long line of business, you and I, Alan. We should uh, start writing books about the Chupacabra. That's a heck of an experience. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, with some of the driving that I do all across the country, I've seen some things. I got to admit, never, I've definitely... you've never been on a chase for a chupacabra, though. Now, have you seen any chupacabras in your uh, in your uh, expeditions? Any uh, anything at all that you might uh, say? Mm. Well, I saw something. Well, yeah, actually, it depends. It's an interesting question because it depends how you define the chupacabra. Because we have the original one off Puerto Rico, which was right. described as like a, a strange-looking, almost like a reptilian creature, about four to five feet tall with a row of almost like a punk rock mohawk running down its head and neck. I've seen that one, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the original Chupacabra on Puerto Rico, which I've not seen, although I've spoken to a lot of witnesses who have seen it. Now, in the U.S., you have this thing that first became known as the Texas Chupacabra because a lot of reports were coming out of Texas. And it, was more, and it looked like a large, mangy coyote, but there's actually more to it than that. Now, I've seen that. I actually own a skull of one of these because a number of been hit by vehicles or ranches have shot them. Now, they're clearly a different animal to the one on Puerto Rico. The Puerto Rico one's you know, definitively unknown. 
the American one, they are hairless canines, but it's clearly not mange because they're 100% hairless and, you know, mange doesn't cause that and there are physical abnormalities. And so the what's become known as the Texas or the American Chupacabra is actually sort of a, a mutated animal and we don't know why they're mutating on a, an extraordinarily large scale. It's like a spontaneous mutation in the species, which is sort of almost hmm. as weird as you know, having an unknown animal. Well, so I mean, could it, be, um, could it be that we're dealing with two separate animals and we're just labeling both chupacabras? No, it's definitely two different animals. I think what's happened, well, I'm, I'm sure that what's happened is that the term chupacabra has become sort of so iconic that right. any sort of weird-looking animal, people say, oh, it's a chupacabra. Chupacabra! You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Not, but, but it's, you know, it, it catches the headlines and everything. <laughs> Yeah, no, it does. It's it's, uh, it's you know, it, chupacabras is like the the thing people are seeing now. But back in the day, of course, leprechauns. There's always been that kind of that creature that people always uh, see. Yeah. Do you think that the, the chupacabra or the leprechauns or any of these uh, mytholo- mythological creatures are alien in nature, or do, what do you think? Are they more down to earth, some kind of just unknown creature mm. here on earth? Well, I mean, that's an interesting question because you know, as I mentioned, I've been on a lot of expeditions to Puerto Rico spoken to a lot of ranchers, farmers, members of public veterinarians, police officers, villagers, and there's no doubt that when you, you know, you gain their trust and speak to them, a lot of people on the island of Puerto Rico do think the Chupacabra is some sort of alien creature. And one of the main reasons they say that is because Puerto Rico, particularly in the 90s, when the Chupacabra sightings largely began, there was a tremendous wave of UFO activity as well in the same time frame and in many cases in the same areas where these creatures were being seen. So this sort of gave rise to the idea that, you know, it was some sort of alien, I won't say pet, that sounds a bit stupid, but, you know, like an alien <laughs> creature that had been released onto the island. Um, but in saying that, I get every time I've been to Puerto Rico, you tend to get several theories that pop up time and again. There's the alien theory. Then there's a the theory about secret government genetic experiments on like, chimpanzees and monkeys which have, you know, gone wrong or, or worked all too well, but the creatures have escaped from these labs and now they're running wild around Puerto Rico. You know, the theory, the story I've heard time and again is that military agencies are trying to create the sort of the ultimate killing machine that can be released onto the battlefield, you know, and it's just essentially like slaughter the enemy troops. Um, And the other theory that I hear time and time again is the idea that it's some sort of paranormal creature literally kind of summoned up by a, you know, like an occult ritual. Right. And and the reason why that, that theory is actually more prevalent is because Puerto Rico is a place sort of steeped in superstitions and occult um, stories and beliefs and you know there's a heavy concentration of um, animal sacrifice on Puerto Rico various organizations religions and cults and one of the theories that again as I said I've heard many times is one of these cults has literally you know summoned up something from some supernatural realm or whatever so those are the broadly the three theories I've heard time and again yeah, uh, that last one always kills me. But you're absolutely right. Puerto Rico is known uh, to come up with stuff like that because of their history. Ha- uh, Haiti's another country that has, uh, you know, deep, deep roots in voodoo and, and Santeria and, all that, you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, do, are there any reports out of Haiti at all uh, with the Chupacabras? 
Um, I'm not so much sure about Haiti, but I mean, there are certainly, you know, um, cases from the Caribbean, um, Central America and South America, where, you know, you brought up Santeria. Um, you know, we've got reports, um, fr interestingly enough, uh, from areas where, you know, Santeria proliferates, like, for example, Florida and Puerto Rico. We get a lot of Chupacabra reports from both of those areas. And one controversial theory, and, you know, and, and this certainly doesn't apply to regular Santeria, but I've heard stories several times of kind of like an offshoot of the group, like a splinter-type group which operates outside of the regular group, but may have actually engaged in animal sacrifice and spread Chupacabra stories to cover their tracks, so to speak. In other words, it doesn't take away the possibility of a real animal, but it, it gets even more confusing when you find that groups that engage in sacrificial uh, rights of animals may be using the, chip, the Chupacabra controversy as a cover, as an umbrella, if you like, to hide their real actions. Hmm. Maybe the Chupacabra is like a demon that they summoned of a dead goat. Well, I mean, you know, I <laughs> somebody mean, killed. Yeah, I mean that. That's right. a little, I mean, I'm not sure about the goat thing, but I can tell you there are people who actually believe it is like some sort of demonic creature that um, you know you sort of open a portal to another realm and it comes through and um, you know and then it's here and you've opened the door and closing it is a difficult thing to do. Um, so you know that that's why I find the whole story so interesting and why I wrote the new book, Chupacabra Road Trip, because it is a fascinating story. You know, my, the first time I went there to Puerto Rico was 2004, and the most recent time was 2013. So that's like pretty much a decade of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to Puerto Rico. You know, getting to know the people, getting to know the, the island and the, the key locations like the El Yonke Rainforest, and, you know, just hooking up with the right people who can put you in touch you know, with the right people who uh, know about it, witnesses, uh, people in the police force. And I say, you know, it's like anywhere. The best place is to go to essentially speak to the locals and gain their trust is the same would be anywhere, like restaurants, gas stations, bars. You know, you just turn up and say, hey, you know, I'm here investigating the Chupacabra. Get, you know anyone who can I help me? See, I can see Nick Redford uh, walking into, like, a, a Puerto Rican bar and say, I need to... Get some information on the chupacabras. Have you seen this and pull out a picture of a chupacabra a, from his wallet or something? I could see you doing this, Nick. Uh, that, that's kind <laughs> of basically what I do. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm not saying there haven't been a few sort of uh, dicey moments because there have. You know, you get into some of the areas and, like, the no, there are certain Porsche parts of. Uh, Puerto Rico, where even the police don't go, you know. But, yeah, there's uh, gotta be, this is going to be very dangerous, though, because, I mean, you know, Puerto Rico, well, yeah, it's kind of part of the U.S., kind of, sort of, but not really, and yeah, there's still a dangerous well, area down there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I could actually live on Puerto Rico. I think it's a really cool place, and the people are very, very friendly, um, you know, and there's a lot of history there and culture, and there's good yep. social life as well. Um, but in saying that, it's like a lot of places, you know, that you go down the wrong street and suddenly you find yourself, you Stand. know, in potential yeah. danger, that kind of thing. <laughs> and so, but, you know, for me, that's part of what you have to do. You have to, if you're going to get the answers, it's no good just surfing the net and typing in it, Chupacabra sighting, you know, <laughs> uh, because most people, certainly in Puerto Rico, 
you know, they don't go public with their stories, and it can very often take quite a while um, to get them to open up and tell you what happened. And But, you know, the good thing is going back and forth. Um, people say, well, I might be willing to talk to you, but, you know, I just want to check in with someone. And very often they'll check in with, like, local TV companies that I may have worked with, and they're like, oh, yeah, I know Nick. He's that English guy who comes over every so often. And, and then they'll <laughs> talk to you, you know. So uh, that, but that's sort of what happens when you sort of go back and forth. It's uh, You sort of just start to put more and more of the pieces together. Nick, uh, stay right there. We have a caller on the line, 717. I have a feeling this is Lou. Lou, you're back on the air. You're, you're right. You're right. Uh, <laughs> Nick, I may call you Nick. I remember hey, hearing in the past, uh, hi, that your father was involved in, or in a uh, NATO operation where UFOs were thought to be involved. Let me finish before you react. I was hoping I and you could find an intelligent, open-minded, progressive radio host who will have your dad on as a guest, you know, he'll do some research uh, to record um, your father's story um, here. For, for perpetuity. Well, do you have yeah, any suggestions, I mean, Nick? Um, right here. Uh, Angel. Well, I've never Hello. been, I've never been Yeah, right here. I'll do it. I'll do it. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never actually been asked that question before. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting one. I, I don't, I've got to be honest, I don't know what his reaction would be. I mean, he's, you know, he's pushing 84 now. And, you know, he lives on the other side of the world in England. Um, but I can ask him. I mean, he comes yeah. over a couple of times a year on vacation. Well, there's um, Skype. And, there's Skype, Nick. And, yeah. And one yeah. year, he, when he came over, he did give like a little 10-minute presentation at a lecture. But, uh, but yeah, he's sighting. Well, he actually didn't have a sighting. What it was, um, right. in the up until the end of the 1950s in the UK, Britain had something called National Service, which was the equivalent of the draft over here. And uh, but then they, right. you know, it was closed down around about 1960. Um, and my dad was interested in aircraft, and he chose the Royal Air, the British Royal Air Force, and he chose to work as a radar mechanic. And in the in September 1952, there was a huge uh, NATO exercise held in the English Channel and the North Sea called Mainbrace. And the purpose of the um, operation basically was to, you know, put a show of force onto the Russians. So it involved the U.S., the U.K., Holland, France, um, Germany, uh, Norway, Denmark, Sweden. And it was basically, as I said, it was basically a, a show of strength and a show of force to the Russians. Like, hey, this is what we've got if you try anything. Um, and throughout the exercise, there were numerous um, UFO encounters. Some of them are actually mentioned in the now declassified U.S. Air Force files at the National Archives. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, some of the Scandinavian uh, military recorded sightings. And my dad, um, as I said, he was working on radar. And over the course of three nights, when um, the main brace operation was taking place, um, the radar operators tracked these fast-moving, high-flying objects, which no one could identify. They were performing all sorts of weird maneuvers, like hovering at 40,000 feet and then suddenly shooting away at high speed. And my dad was brought in to look at the radar systems to see if there were any faults with them. You know, they would get like spurious readings or whatever. Turns out there were no problems and that other bases up and down the east coast of England, sort of, you know, 10 miles away and then another one 20 miles away, they were tracking exactly the same things. And this went on for three nights. And uh, at the end of it all, 
everybody from the pilots who were sent up to try and intercept them, the radar people working the radar, people like my dad who were, you know, was brought in to look at the radar equipment, they were all uh, reminded of the, the fact that they'd signed the British government's Official Secrets Act, which mm-hmm. is a, basically a piece of legislation that you won't talk about what you did in the military. You know, they, were, they weren't so much, he told me that, you know, they weren't so much threatened, it was just, hey, you know, you've signed this act, so just keep your mouth shut, that kind of thing. Um, and my dad didn't um, say anything for like 30-something years. And, you know, I was one of the, apart from my mother, I think he was the only one, I was the next one he told. And, um, and you know, it was a fascinating story, not just because it came from my own dad, but because he was trained in the military. Mm-hmm. And um, that sort of really got me interested in the subject. But beyond that... Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember. Were you, how, how young were you when, when he told you the first time? How old were you? Oh, God, I wasn't, um, I wasn't even in my teens. I don't think I was maybe... Wow. I forget the exact act, but I was like 10, 11, 12, something like that. Um, and he, you know, years later when I put my first book out in 97, he was agreeable to have the story told in the book. And it actually starts the book, oh. you know, I start the book with that to, to explain to people how and I, how, why I got interested in the subject. Well, why don't, why don't you and I try to find an intelligent, open-minded, progressive radio host to... <clears throat> <clears throat> research and get him on the air. Right here. Yeah, we'll get him on your show, hopefully. I'll, uh, I mean, I know he hasn't he hasn't got <laughs> any flights booked yet, and, you know, being 84, not that that means anything, but, he's, he, you know, he's not on the internet. He doesn't have a computer. Well, uh, I'll, but, I'll, well, I'll, I mean, I'll pay all expenses on Skype. Just get him on Skype. <laughs> yeah, well, if he comes out, <laughs> next time he's out, we can get him on Skype easily. Yeah. Oh, all right, but, you know, maybe his neighbor is on Skype, too, and... Might convince him to go on Skype, but nevertheless, yeah, thank you, Angel, yeah. for your. Yeah. I just think yeah, it's good I'll to get these things on the record. Yeah, I Pardon? speak to him uh, yeah. sort of once a week, so or twice a week. So I've got to speak to him Friday. So yeah, I'll put it to him. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. I mean, you're absolutely, Lou, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is uh, something that'd be great for him to have it on record, vocally. Oh, yeah. Somewhere. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thank, thank you, you Angel, Luke. for your time. Thank sure, you, buddy. Bye. Hey, Nick, let me ask you a question. Uh, with all the cryptozoology stuff that you do, have you ever heard of something called the Bat Squatch? <laughs> yes, I actually have. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a real yeah. legend. Yeah, go ahead, tell them. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, there have been a number of stories of what have become known as Bat Squatch. And, you know, it's, 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 <laughs> even by my standards, the name does sound ridiculous. But, <laughs> yeah. um, Here, here's a little insight, Nick. <laughs> the, the, basically what it is it, it actually if you think about what it looks like it, for the witnesses it's pretty terrifying i mean imagine something like a bigfoot but with sort of glowing red eyes and la- huge large and leathery wings um that's what that's yeah, we, what we've had is. we've had the description before but we got into a very interesting conversation with the gentleman who was saying that he see we had, had we had Paul Dale Roberton a, a, oh, yeah. a while ago about a year this was like a year and a half ago and uh, Paul was on the show well, early on on the show here on Dark Matter Digital and uh, he told us about the Bat Squatch now honestly I had never heard of the uh, the thing neither had Alan over here and we were like Bat Squatch what is this thing and he's telling us about it and then he tells us about the wingspan and that's when Alan just went bonkers he was like wait a second there's no way this thing could have that kind of wingspan and mm. be able to fly it just the, the science does not make any sense. Oh, it, it, it's got twenty feet across, but since the yeah. 
<laughs> since it weighs 400 pounds, the ability to lift and flap its wings, and yeah. then Paul Del Ralph said something like an anti-gravity belt, so he can fly. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Really? You had to throw now, that in? What really got me, though, is when I did a Google search for Batsquatch, I literally got a giant Bigfoot drawing with a Batman logo on his chest, and, and it was hysterical. It was really funny. Yeah. Well, the problem is... Um, you know, we get a lot of credible reports of what largely become known as flying humanoids. Certainly the most famous one, of course, right. is Mothman. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, Mothman is sort of a bit more plausible in the sense that, you know, it's sort of, uh, you know, it's not like a huge lumbering Bigfoot it's with a of flapping yeah. wings. <laughs> but some of these reports, you know, I, I'm in two minds as to what they are because a lot of them, when you hear the stories... It's almost impossible to believe that we're dealing with something that is flesh and blood. They are sort of more supernatural. Now, of course, that is dependent upon, you know, the realms of the supernatural existing and these things coming from those realms. But there are a lot of weird reports of sort of giant bird-like creatures, even sort of pterodactyl-type creatures, particularly down by the border with uh, Mexico. Um, And... Also, you know, variations on oh, the border, like the border between humanoid. Mexico and what? Hang on, the border between Mexico and what country? Oh, I'm sorry, I meant Mexico and like Texas and um, and, and California. The sort okay, of, you're you get a lot me that there possible. There, there are possible pterodactyl sightings between in that area. Yes, particularly and, and a lot of them, particularly down sort of by Laredo and around there. El Paso, um, and those reports go back many, many years. Um, you know, and it's difficult to reconcile those as as something that's flesh and blood. You know, how could I, mean, I saw a black and white photo that was pre pre Photoshop in the eighties of of a pterodactyl. Yeah, but that was from Billy Myers, and that was proven to be a fake. <laughs> Oh, really? Was it? Yeah, yeah. That was, I don't know what you're talking about. That was a Billy Meyer uh, picture. Eighties? Well, no, that that came out actually way before, but it, it circulated during the eighties and nineties. It's still on the internet now. He took a picture oh. of what he claimed was a pterodactyl flying in the air, and it's very black and white, whitish. Uh, and he says he took that photo when he went back in time on a UFO with the aliens that he knows. Oh no, no, I'm talking about you actually had seven or eight guys around it, like with their foot on it, like they were hunting oh, bears. Yeah, no. yeah. You know, oh, no, no. That, yeah, that, was from, like, that was from Jurassic yeah. Park. <laughs> yeah, there are a few pictures like that, but I mean, we get there are even reports in the 1980s. There was a, a wave of sightings um, in the early 80s, 82, of a thing looking just like a pterodactyl flying around the skies of England, and people said it, you know, it would like vanish, it was just like a ghost or something like that. Um, I mean, there's another one which is really intriguing. You know, I live in Dallas and. Um, just a couple of hours away from the city of Houston. In 1953, they had uh, sightings of a creature that, again, a bit of a, co- a comical name, it became known as the Houston Batman. Um, now, if you Google Houston Batman 1953, you'll find the story, and it was this creature was seen sort of flying around late at night around Houston, and it was described as like a something like a gargoyle almost, you know, like a humanoid figure with wings, and people swore they were seeing it, and it... One famous case where it landed on this tree when there were a couple of people, it was so hot one night, they were all just hanging outside, they couldn't sleep, and this thing just swooped down 
And uh, it was all in the Houston newspapers, but it's sort of largely been forgotten. But, you know, if you, you, as I said, if you Google Houston Batman 1953, you'll see the story and probably um, scans of the newspapers as well. And, uh, you know, these stories are difficult to sort of explain because the witnesses come across very credible, but you're dealing with a sighting of a something that looks like a man with wings you know that that's the so it's like a real sort of paradox between the credible credibility of the witness and the weird nature of the sighting interesting you know the the character of of batman also was created around the 1930 1939 i think it was bob kane when he created the character what are the odds that maybe people were witnessing like early tests uh tests uh, footage uh, back then or some test uh, stuff that was going on for maybe future serials of the Batman <laughs> well um, I mean I'm, <laughs> I think that might be stretching things a bit but I mean it might have been just Bob it might have been Bob Kane in, in uh, some spandex just running around <laughs> well it could have been I guess but uh, <laughs> I think joking aside today you know there have been some interesting reports which seem to be sort of possibly sort of covert military testing of new technologies, you know, um, sort of portable backpack devices and that kind of thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of these technologies may have been sort of tested a few years ago and could have been responsible for some of these sightings. Uh, I think that's that's quite plausible, really. Yeah, very, very so. Uh, now, let me ask you, how plausible do you think that Batsquatch is, though? I mean, uh, a creature that size, I mean, in, in realistic terms, I mean, your expert well, opinion. Well, yeah, do you think I mean, was... I don't think for one minute that there is like a flesh and blood, <laughs> eight foot tall, 400, 500 pound Bigfoot running around with a huge pair of wings, you know, on its back. But people do report something like that. So, and a lot of the people come across very, very credible. So that's why I think... It's hard to put these in a flesh and blood category. You know, some people think they're like a, a spectral image or something like that, you know, for whatever purpose, who knows. But if the reports are genuine and, you know, as I said, a lot of the witnesses come across credible, I, I cannot believe we're dealing with a, a flesh and blood creature as we understand the term now. Now let's switch gears for a second here. Um, moving on from uh, Bat's Watch, Bigfoot, uh, and Mothman. Now let's talk about the Loch Ness monster for a second. Mm. Uh, you've, of course, have written about the Loch Ness monster. And as a kid, yeah. I, you know, growing up, I was fascinated with the Loch Ness monster, and uh, you know, of course, the famous picture of the Loch Ness head coming out of the water. Uh, you know, in your research, has there been any uh, new sightings, anything uh, at all tangible in with the Loch Ness mm. monster at all? Well, yeah, we still get sightings to this day. I mean, you know, there's a, there's never been a mass, contrary to what people think, you know, other than sort of the 1930s, uh, for reasons we're not really sure, but there's never been, you know, hundreds and dozens and dozens of sightings per year. It generally is sort of a handful of reports. Now, that would suggest that whatever these creatures are, you know, they're not mammals because they would be surfacing all the time for oxygen, you know, like us. Um, so the chances are, if they're real unknown animals, there's some sort of fish that, sur that surface when they want to surface, not because they need to. You know, they get their oxygen through gills, just like any other fish. Mm. Now, it gets a little bit problematic because there have been a few reports, um, and again, particularly in the early years and in the 18 and 1700s, of these creatures allegedly being seen sort of just on the fringes, on the edges of the water, almost like basking on the shore. Now, you know, there aren't many fish that can actually leave the water. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that catfish can do that, and actually will. Mm -hmm. 
there's yeah. some sort of cool footage you can see on YouTube where a catfish actually lunges out of the water to try and grab a seagull and hauls himself up like t- mm-hmm. 10 feet onto the shore. So, you know, we could be dealing with something along those lines. Um, you know, the, the, mm, the most popular theory is the idea of surviving relic populations of plesiosaurs, you know, from the Jurassic era. But the problem with the plesiosaur theory is that plesiosaurs were reptiles like crocodiles. Crocodiles have to, sur- have to surface to breathe roughly once every two hours or so, or what, one to two hours. So the plesiosaurs, if there was, say, a colony of 20 in the lock at any given time, to that 20 would have to be surfacing once every hour or two for air. So we should have a tremendous number of sightings if they're plesiosaurs. So that's why I don't think they're plesiosaurs. But what's weird, it's kind of like the chupacabra and, you know, the whole um, bat squatch thing, is that Loch Ness is a really weird place steeped in a lot of paranormal stuff. For example, right. the yeah. famous occultist Alistair Crowley actually had a house on the shores of Loch Ness called Beleskin House, where he engaged in all sorts of occult rituals to try and summon up demons from the loch. Um, there have been men in black and UFO sightings at Loch Ness. Um, people actually seen other types of creatures at Loch Ness, like, for example, large, black, unidentified cat-like animals, which there should not be anything like, you know, a black jaguar roaming around the UK, and never mind, out of all places, Loch Ness, you know. Um, so this has given rise to the idea that could Loch Ness be kind of like Point Pleasant in West Virginia, where the Moffat was seen, could Loch Ness be sort of like a portal or a doorway um, or a window area, as John Keel used to call them, sort of like an opening to another realm or dimension where multiple strange phenomena can come through. And maybe the Loch Ness monsters are just one of them, you know, and that might explain all the other weirdness that goes on there as well. No, I think. Do you think it's fair to say that there probably is a better chance that something like the Loch Ness monster is real compared to something like Bigfoot, just because of how little we know about the ocean compared to you know how much we know about the forest and well, the jungles? I, I don't know if it's more plausible, but I think it's more difficult. I think it's going to be more difficult to prove the existence of the Loch Ness monsters. The reason mm. being, if they, if they're not sort of something that comes through portals and supernatural doors, if they're flesh and blood animals, right. the chances are, because we only have so many sightings per year, the chances are that they spend most of their time way down at the bottom of the loch. Now, Loch Ness is roughly around about 750 feet deep. And the water, a lot of people don't realize, you know, is actually extremely dark to the point of being black at times. Um, and, of course, you know, most of us, we haven't got me- the money to, you know, rent mini submarines to go 700 feet down or not, whatever. Not this week, no, not this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the problem is that if these things are what, what they call bottom feeders, where they, you know, they live predominantly at the bottom of, the, of lakes and rivers, and they get all their food from there as well, and they may just surface, you know, out of curiosity or when they feel like it. But if they're down there 95, 96, 97% of the time, we're never going to find them. And if they live down there and they die down there, you know, nature takes its course and the smaller fish like the salmon and pike and things like that would quickly eat them, you know. Um, so proving them is going to be hard. Now, Bigfoot, 
we stand sort of a better chance, I think, of getting our hands on one. And interestingly enough, I wrote an article today on sort of what would the implications be if we didn't just find one, but we killed one. You know, I actually use the story of uh, Cecil the Lion as like the lead-in. You know, what would actually happen, the response be if somebody today killed a Bigfoot? You know, would there be outcries and outrage? Would the person have to go into hiding? And, uh, you know, I think it's an interesting scenario i mean you know granted right now bigfoot is still hypothetical even though we've got some very good reports we haven't got the proof but you know it would be fascinating to see what the response would be if you know a a similar situation happened where somebody hunted it down and killed it you know um, i'd be ecstatic personally nick let me tell you and, and i've even thought about putting a kickstarter account together to raise money to pay somebody to do something like this, so they actually encounter well, a Bigfoot, because wait, wait, this wait, would prove it. This there, would be the proof we need. Is there like a million dollar bounty someone put up already for catching Bigfoot or killing Bigfoot? Well, the thing is, you know, I mean, one of the one of the arguments against it is that many hunters claim to have actually had a Bigfoot in their sights, and they chose not to shoot it because they said it had like an eerily, almost human look on its face, like a human, semi-human appearance. And they actually wondered if what they were seeing was not some sort of unknown type of ape, but actually a primitive human. And then that, of course, would get into all the legalities. If you shot and killed a Bigfoot and a study of its DNA proved that it was some form of human, you know, would you then be charged with murder? Now, I'm pretty sure the per- the first hmm. person to shoot and kill one would not be charged with murder because you no. could never know until, you know, we got the body. But if it was shown to be some sort of human, I have no doubt that the second person who shot and killed one would be... <laughs> You yeah, know, would be charged with murder. Yeah, but at I, this I point, we would end the debate of Bigfoot being real or not. So at least the debate will be over. You know, so well, the debate would be over. Yeah, but again, it's like so many of these things. You know, if Bigfoot's a flesh and blood animal, that you know, the number of them, I think, is limited. And and again, it's like with Loch Ness. I mean, how many people have the time? You know, people think that. People like me, you know, we're sort of running around 24-7, you know, Pacific Northwest woods for months. But that's just not, you know, it's not, it's not practical. You cannot do that. So most people, even in the field, you know, don't spend months at a time 25 miles into deep into the woods of the Pacific Northwest. You know, you've got to earn a living and pay the electric bill or whatever. Um, and that's why I think we haven't proved it. Not because we don't have, you know, the ability to. It's just the logistics of everyday life that make it kind of difficult to apply the time that needs to be applied. You know, I think if if Bigfoot is one day killed, I think it'll be like a, a random event, like getting hit by a car or somebody stumbles on a, a dead one in the woods. I'm but, surprised that yeah, hasn't that, happened. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. Look, I'm surprised that has not happened yet. Look, if aliens uh, could crash at Roswell, how come a, a, a semi-truck has not run over a Bigfoot yet? I mean, I'm surprised. Well, that's shocked. really easy. Here, here, here. Here's the answer to that. Roswell was flat farmland. No mountains, no trees. You could see for miles straight. There are woods and there are cliffs and all sorts of sorts of I understand of that, but if, if but in, in a in a well, road apparently you did in it between some ago. woods, maybe they're walking around to the you get the other side of the of the woods and they're going through the road and maybe boom, semi truck just hits them. You know, I'm surprised that hasn't. Well, I mean, right. you know, I'm surprised no trail cams really caught something by now. That too, well, you said you know, the thing too. is, what's interesting about what you just said. Um, 
you know, Bigfoot doesn't get hit by trucks. You know, trail cameras never pick it up, or if they are, they you know, it's never really convincing. And this has given rise to the fact that, you know, there are even reports of Bigfoot sort of vanishing in a flash of light or fading away or being seen at the same time as UFOs. And this has given rise to the idea that, again, that with all these other stories of the Chupacabra and the Loch Ness Monster, that Bigfoot is something more of a supernatural nature than just a North American unknown ape. People say it's not just elusive, it's like almost too elusive, you know what I mean? So, I mean, sort of two minds as to what Bigfoot is, you know, but I mean, the, the weird thing is that Bigfoot is one of the very few, if not the only animal, if it's a real animal, um, that avoids capture, death, everything, 100% of the time. No other animal does that. You know, most people never see a, a mountain lion in the wild or a grizzly bear. You know, most people just see them on TV. But people do see them in the wild, and they do get right. hit by cars or they get put in zoos. Bigfoot eludes us with a 100% success rate 100% of the time. And, and when that happens, there's, to me, there's got to be something weirder going on with it, you know, to be that eerily successful. I mean, are you thinking uh, extraterrestrial at all, or are you thinking hyperdimensional? Yeah, like like a dimensional thing. Um, mm. I, I don't... I, I'm not saying it's not flesh and blood, and I'm not saying it's not an ape-like animal. I'm saying that there are weird characteristics associated with Bigfoot. I mean, for example, a lot of people who are out in the woods looking for Bigfoot suddenly even when they don't see a Bigfoot, or at least until they see the Bigfoot, up to like a minute or two before, they suddenly have this wave of panic come over them. Their heart starts to race. Um, they can't breathe properly. They're hyperventilating. And they just want to get out of the area. Now, what's interesting is that this actually ties in with a, ph a, a phenomenon uh, called infrasound. Now, infrasound is a form of community, a low-frequency sound that certain animals use to communicate with each other, like elephants and giraffes and whales. And they can actually communicate over literally dozens of miles by using this low-frequency communication. It's actually below our level of hearing. You know, it's like a dog whistle. The other, it's like the opposite spectrum right. of a dog whistle. Okay. Um, and, but if infrasound is directed at a person it messes up your nervous system and it can create waves of panic. So one mm. of the theories is that Bigfoot has the ability to use infrasound as almost like a weapon, and that might explain why people suddenly feel panicky, hyperventilating. I mean, not just panicky, I mean like full-on panic attack mode. And there are so many researchers who've had this happen to them, and they felt that these creatures are trying to drive them out of the area with this directed infrasound. And if that's true, that shows like another really weird aspect of Bigfoot because, you know, apes, gorillas, chimpanzees, they can't do that. But if Bigfoot can, that again demonstrates we're dealing with a really weird animal. Weird indeed. And, uh, you know, out of all the reported sightings that have happened uh, over the last uh, 50 years of Bigfoot or 40 years or whatever it's been since Bigfoot has been mainstream um you know how much of those uh, do you do you believe could be maybe misidentifications of, of bears uh for example because yeah. that could happen also i mean a lot of that could be just misidentification yeah. well i mean i think when you've got someone who said they saw you know a bigfoot 
10 feet away from them, you know, just walking through the woods and they literally stumble on it and it stands there looking at them for us, you know, both sides are <laughs> shocked. I think that would be hard to make a mistake over. Now, right. where I do think sometimes um, a bear may have been the cause of mistaken identity, you know, perhaps you're driving late at night or during the day, 50 mile an hour down the road, and you quickly glance to your right and you see this large hairy thing standing up. Well, it could have been a Bigfoot, but, you know, bears can stand on the hind legs and they can walk on their hind legs. You know, they, they don't do it much because it's easier for them to run on all four. But, mm. you know, if you were in the right place at the right time, just happened to look, look to the right and you saw an eight-foot-tall bear standing on its hind legs, you got a brief glimpse of it. I do think for sure that some reports may fall into that category. But, you know, when you see it, people see it really close up, then I think that's much harder to, you know, pass off as a as a bear. Especially if a little moonshine was involved in the woods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that looked like a Bigfoot. It's really a bear. It's a grizzly. Now, let me ask you, uh, you know, because we're short on time, we only have uh, maybe a few minutes left, and I really wanted to, uh, to get to the men in black phenomenon, mm -hmm. um, you know, switching gears completely. Uh, the Men in Black book that you wrote, The Real Men in Black, it's one of my favorite books that you have, by the way. I've said it before. Oh, cool. I've read it cover to cover twice, and I don't read books that much anymore because busy. But I actually read that one twice cover to cover, and it's a fascinating book. Of course, all kinds of stories and, and whatnot. Uh, you know, of your expert opinion, uh, after writing that book, uh, you know, what do you, what's your take on the on Men in Black phenomenon? Do you think it's alien in nature? Do you think uh, it's, it's, it's terrestrial completely in some secret government agency that's doing this stuff? No, I don't think it's anything to do with the government at all. I mean, that, that imagery really is, mm -hmm. is born out of the Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith movies. But yes. if you look at most <laughs> of the reports of the Men in Black, they're described as like skinny guys about five feet tall with you know, white, I mean, literally white skin, you know, white, white. Um, they have these bulging eyes that they hide behind wraparound sunglasses. They only usually surface at night. They almost come across as like real-life vampires or something like that. And a lot of people don't realize that people who've seen or encountered the men in black, it doesn't just happen in UFO cases. People who've been dabbling with Ouija boards have been visited mm. by the men in black and people trying to understand the secrets of alchemy. Um, they've had visitations. So I'm more inclined to think that the Men in Black mystery is is like an occult. I, I really do. I think it's like a supernatural phenomenon. Um, I, I don't think it's anything to do with like the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, or anybody. Um, I mean, there are some really, really creepy stories of, you know, the Men in Black um, turning up at people's houses, and it's almost like hypnotizing them to allow them to gain access to the house and then the people feel like these MIB are draining them of like energy almost like draining them of their life force as if they're some sort of like a psychic vampire so to speak um, you know so the real reports are actually completely different to the pop culture image and coincidentally I've got a third book on the men in black actually coming out um, next month oh, it's nice. uh, all of all new stories and witness cases never before seen and um, that have all sort of come to me since the publication of the, of the last one, The Real Men in Black. That's, I'm going to have to put that one on my list to read twice and have you back on and <laughs> talk about that. Uh, you know, I, I'm always fascinated with the whole Men in Black phenomenon, especially when, uh, you know, some of the reports are, are in, the, in nature hostile, would you say? I mean, most of these are, have been very, very hostile in nature, uh, the Men in Black mm -hmm. reports. 
Oh yeah, there's. I mean, I don't know of any case apart from one where it hasn't been hostile or menacing or just totally negative. Um, but as I said, you know, the, the the popular culture image has really taken over in the public's mind right. what the MIB look like. I mean, if you read back, for example, John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies, you know, when people were seeing Mothman in Point Pleasant, West Virginia in the 60s, a lot of those witnesses to Mothman got visits from the men in black. Mm. And, you know, they, the visits would be typically late at night, 11 o'clock, there'd be this slow banging on the door, and the people were already almost in like a hypnotic state where they felt compelled that they had to open the door and invite these things in. You know, and these little three, three five-foot-tall white guys, you know, would, would shuffle into the room. You know, just like the most bizarre, weird things you can imagine. And the people Sounds reported like how when mm. the men in black appeared, like violent poltergeist activity would break mm. out in the house, like things being thrown across the room and or moving. And, um, you know, they're just really kind of strange. Something, they're actually more, they sound more, far more out of something like a horror movie than they do, you know, the X-Files. It's more sort of right. H.P. Lovecraft uh, type stuff, really. You know, it's funny because I was listening to Art Bell's uh, show last night, Midnight in the Desert, and um, as I'm listening, he's talking about an experience he had with shadow people, and that's oh, yeah. a topic. Yeah, that's a topic that it's been on for a long time. Actually, I, the first time I heard of, of shadow people was with Art Bell, and uh, it's a fascinating topic. He actually had his first sighting of a shadow person, and mm-hmm. for a long time, I, you know, I, especially after reading your book and, and seeing a lot of stuff out there of the Men in Black, it kind of to me, it almost made sense to connect the two that maybe the shadow people are the men in black. And this is how you see them slightly if they're not really meant for you to see. You know what I mean? Maybe you just catch a glimpse and that's them in the shadows. Oh, it's, you know, it's good that you bring that up because I actually agree with you. I mean, for example, you know, the shadow people are clearly paranormal. And what's interesting, right. there's one sort of like a splinter group that people see of the shadow people that's become known as the hat man. And again, it's mm-hmm. like a shadowy humanoid figure, totally black, like a shadow, but it has this like old style fedora hat on. Um, now, the, that is very close to what a lot of people reported in the Men in Black cases, that they seem not necessarily always fully formed, they're more spectral based. And so I think all these things, like the Men in Black, the hat man, the shadow people, I think they're all aspects of one phenomenon. And I also put in that category, the, the so-called black-eyed children. Um, yes. The reason being, there's a lot of interesting parallels. You know, the men in black dress in black, and they wear fedoras, and they knock on doors late at night and try and get in the house. Well, that's what the black-eyed children do. You know, they dress in black, but instead of black fedoras, they wear black hoodies. Right. And in most of the cases, they try and force their way into people's homes or cars by saying, you know, can you lend us some money, or can we use the phone to phone our parents? And people just don't let them in, obviously, because, you know, they're... Oh, I hell would never let them in. Black <laughs> eyes. You know, they look great. You wouldn't let them in. But I, I think all these phenomena... Um, I mean, we also get a lot of reports of uh, women in black, which actually isn't as... Ex- they're not as exciting as the title suggests, but... Uh, but they're <laughs> it kind sounds of sexy. Like, it does, <laughs> but uh, they're actually, like, creepy and weird and very pale and odd-looking as well, just like the men in black. I'm actually about two-thirds of the way through a book just on the women in black cases. Another and, um, one i got to read, and then we have to have Beth yeah, on and, and but, talk but about But they're it. just the same. They, they try and force their way in the house, <laughs> and they often pose as, like, um, child protection people. They're 
you know, they try and use that as an excuse for getting into the house, or they claim to be census takers. And then when they get in the house, they start asking all sorts of weird questions, you know, about strange dreams or missing time. And when, you know, the people think, well, you know, what's this got to do with a census? And they ask to see their ID again, or they didn't even think to ask for it in the first time. You know, then the the women in black make a hasty retreat and leave. So all of these, you know, whether it's the men in black, the women in black, the black-eyed children, the hat man, the shadow people, I think it's all different elements of one thing, some sort of supernatural thing, but for whatever reason mm-hmm. gets its grips into us and, and for what, again, for whatever reason, tries to find its way into our homes for, you know, what the reason, I don't know. And in your books, my friend, uh, Nick, you're awesome. Thank you so much for being on here with us. We're all out of time. But before we go, I want you to give out your web addresses uh, to everybody so they can go and follow you by your books. Go for it. Okay. Well, just type in Nick Redfern, World of Whatever, and that's the name of my blog. You'll find that. Uh, or you can reach me at Twitter or just look me up on Facebook as well. And uh, books are all available, Barnes & Noble, off the shelves, or online at Amazon. Get the Real Men in Black. Love that book. You guys are going to love it. Guys, uh, stick around for Dr. Uh, Josh Grinley, who's going to be on with Art Bell next. They're going to talk about the Flat Earth Debate. Because, you know, it's 2015. Oh, that the, topic again. we got to really? talk about the Flat Earth. Yeah, yeah. You know, Flat Earth, man. It's Flat Earth we live in. So there's going to be a debate on Art Bell. That's going to be so awesome. Stick around for that next on Dark Matter Digital Network. This has been Nick Redfern. This is Skywatchers Radio. Thanks again, Nick. Guys, till next week, stick around for Art right now next 